Loving Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for giving us life. I pray, Father, that this life which you have given to us shall be used to the glory of your holy name. We ask, dear Lord, that you grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit, for your word has said that when the Spirit is granted to us, we shall receive power, power to become sons of God. We pray, Father, that as we go through the words of our devotion, by your Spirit you shall put words in my mouth to speak, and by your Spirit you shall grant understanding to all who would listen, that we may receive power. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, February 2. Safe Inside. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 Noah had faithfully followed the instructions which he had received from God. The ark was finished in every part as the Lord had directed, and was stored with food for man and beast. And now the servant of God made his last solemn appeal to the people. With an agony of desire, that words cannot express. He entreated them to seek a refuge while it might be found. Again, they rejected his words and raised their voices in jest and scoffing. Suddenly, a silence fell upon the mocking throng. Beasts of every description, the fiercest as well as the most gentle, were seen coming from mountain and forest and quietly making their way toward the ark. A noise as of a rushing wind was heard, and lo, birds were flocking from all directions, their numbers darkening the heavens, and in perfect order they passed to the ark. Animals obeyed the command of God while men were disobedient. When they saw the beasts come from the forest to the door of the ark and Noah take them in, they had so long resisted, so long denied the message that God had given them that conscience had become unimpressible. Mercy had seized its pleadings for the guilty race. The beasts of the field and the birds of the air had entered the place of refuge. Noah and his household were within the ark, and the Lord shut him in. The massive door, which it was impossible for those within to close, was slowly swung to its place by unseen hands. Noah was shut in, and the rejecters of God's mercy were shut out. The seal of God was on that door. God had shut it, and God alone could open it. So when Christ shall seize his intercession for guilty men, before his coming in the clouds of heaven, the door of mercy will be shut. 
then divine grace will no longer restrain the wicked and Satan will have full control of those who have rejected mercy. They will endeavor to destroy God's people. But as Noah was shot into the ark, so the righteous will be shielded by divine power. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Safe Inside. Our key text is taken from the book of Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 which says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. As we look at the life of Noah and the world before the flood, we have been learning lessons and we have lessons to learn once again today. Safe Inside is our title for today's devotion. How was it that Noah got safe inside the ark at a time when the Lord was about to destroy the world? That is a very important question because the same manner, in the same manner that Noah found safety, that is the same manner in which we will find safety today. If our Lord Jesus said that as it was in the days of the flood, in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore it follows that the way Noah overcame is the way we will overcome. So let us look at something peculiar about the life of Noah that we can single out as something that helped him to be safe. In the book of Genesis chapter 6 verse 22, we read something remarkable about Noah after the Lord had called him and given him the dimensions of the ark and told him what to do. The Bible says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Amen. Noah did according unto all that God had commanded him. Once again, in the book of Genesis chapter 7, we've read verse 1. Where we continue in verse 2, it says, um, God told Noah of every clean beast thou shalt take to these by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet, seven days and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth now verse 5 says and Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him so to the question how did Noah go safe into the ark the record of the Bible is that Noah did according unto all that the Lord had commanded him. This was his preparation. After doing all that the Lord commanded, Noah entered safe into the ark with his family. As we read in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 39, paragraph 2, it says, Noah had faithfully followed the instructions which he had received from God. The ark was finished in every part as the Lord had directed and was stored with food for man and beast and now not before now but now the servant of God made his last solemn appeal to the people Noah's preparation was in following every little detail of the word of God if God told him make the ark of 500 cubits in length 
Noah made it exactly 500, nothing short and nothing more. God told him, make the height to be 30 cubits in height, and then Noah will make it exactly 30 cubits. One window by the side, and he'll put just one window to the exact dimension the Lord gave it to him. And the Lord told him, oh, the breadth should be 50 cubits, and Noah will do it, nothing short and nothing more, exactly 50 cubits. Not until he did all of this, and also prepared his heart, did he enter the ark and was safe inside. The question for you and me today is, are we doing according unto all that the Lord has commanded us? If we must be safe, if we must be kept from the evil that is coming on the world and be preserved from the coming destruction, we must not do some of what the Lord commanded, but we must do all that the Lord commanded just like Noah did. To do some is to disobey and be in rebellion like King Saul who obeyed what part of God's word he chose. King Saul was told to go to the land of the Amalekites and do exactly what God said. God told him, take all the cattle, slay all of them, don't leave anyone alive, slay everybody there. Saul obeyed when he went. Saul obeyed when he slayed the people, but he disobeyed when he left the king and left the cattle. He obeyed to an extent, and he did not obey to an extent. That was not how it was with Noah. If we must be safe today, we must obey everything that the Lord has commanded. There is no safety for those who pick and choose what part of God's word they want to obey and what part they want to reject. The book of Proverbs 30 verse 5 and 6 tells us, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Also in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, we are told, Now therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes, and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that you may live, and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Amen. Here it is in these two passages, Proverbs chapter 30 and Deuteronomy 4, God is giving us instruction. Do not add to his word. Don't even remove just a little, not a jot, not a tittle. Noah did not reduce the dimensions of the ark, not even by an inch. He did all that the Lord commanded him exactly, faithfully and diligently following the wisdom of the Lord, not thinking that he is wiser than God. Don't add to his word. That is our preparation. Noah's safety was in obeying the word of the Lord to the letter. And our safety is in obeying the commandments of God to the letter. Revelation 22 verse 14 and 15 tells us, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. In this passage I just read now is contained 
the directions of how we can go safe inside eternity safe into the joy of the lord safe into the city and be preserved from the destruction that is coming in this world we are told revelation 22 verse 14 blessed not cursed but blessed are they that do his commandments not some of his commandments but all of his commandments that they may have a right to the tree of life do you want to have right to the tree of life do you want to be kept safe from the destruction coming then we must know our lord and get strength from him that we may keep his commandments for without outside the city are those that loves and make a lie that disobeying the commandments whoremongers dogs sorcerers murderers idolaters they are the ones outside and you can see these are disobedient people to the commandments of god if we must be safe the lord is teaching us we must obey to the letter like noah did malachi chapter 2 reading from verse 7 to 9 says for the priest lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth for he is the messenger of the lord of hosts pastors who are listening leaders of the church elders deacons the women leaders do you know that your lips are to keep the law of the lord are you telling people to keep some of the law and neglect others listen to what god has to say to you in malachi 2 verse 8 and 9 but you are departed out of the way you have caused many to stumble at the law you have corrupted the covenant of levi said the lord of hosts therefore have i also made you contemptible and base before all the people according as you have not kept my ways but have been partial in the law are you partial in the law some people have become for some reason maybe pride ignorance i don't know but for some reason they begin to say they, they begin to say that there are some parts of god's word we are to follow and others are not so relevant the lord does not condemn diligence and obedience my brothers and sisters there are those in the world who call diligence and obedience fanaticism they call it extremism they cite people like the pharisees and say oh the pharisees paid titan anise and cumin yeah the pharisees paying titan anise and cumin was some kind of diligence in their part you see jesus did not condemn them for doing this rather he exhorted them not to neglect the weightier matters of the law matthew 23 verse 23 tells us woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law judgment mercy and faith these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone in the ears of some people they are hearing jesus say you should have not done this but you should have done the other but jesus says they should have done both the pharisees diligently gave tithe in mint mint is a very small plant the one we use to get our peppermint oil and other oils the mint plant is a very small one 
the Pharisees, when they harvest their mint, they will take 10% of it and give tithe. When they harvest their anise and cumin, they will take 10% of it and give tithe. To them, this was their righteousness. But what did Jesus say? Did he condemn them for doing that? No, he condemned them for neglecting other parts of God's law. You are no different from the Pharisee when you neglect the little part of God's law and claim to be following the weightier matters of the law. Jesus will verily tell you the same thing today. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you are neglecting to pay, like he said in this case, not in the case of just paying anis, um, tithe and anise and cumin, but you are neglecting the things that you think are small matters in the law and you are paying attention to the things that you think are big matters in the law, not knowing that he which is faithful in that which is least will also be faithful in much. There is more hope for a Pharisee who is faithful in the small things than there is for those who think that they are faithful in bigger things. For the Lord Jesus gave is he that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful in much. What is it that brought us to where we are today? Was it not someone thinking that it does not, it does not matter in small matters? Was it not because Eve thought that it didn't matter, that it was a small thing to eat from that tree? You see, some avoiding being like Pharisees, but they are being disobedient, thinking that obedience to every letter of the word of God is fanaticism or extremism. They do not know that they are the ones going to the other extreme in disobedience. Those who come to God must believe that he is, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, and through the grace of God they must also diligently seek him, diligently obey him to the letter. What part of God's law are you neglecting? It is that part that is the most important for you. Little things matter. It was a thing as little as eating the fruit that God had prohibited that has brought untold woe upon our world. It was this little thing that caused the death of Jesus, the Son of God. We must learn that no one can enter safe into the ark while neglecting one part of God's instruction. Some will say, oh, it does not matter how I, whether I or not I watch this movie or the other. The others will say, oh, it's a small matter how I dress. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. And in another person's mind, they will say, oh, why should a day matter above another? It doesn't matter what day you worship God. And even those who will select the day will say, oh, does it matter whether I cook? It doesn't matter whether I've polished my shoe or not before the Sabbath. It doesn't matter whether I have prepared properly or whether I just buy gasoline on my way to church. These things they consider in their mind as little things, but did the word of God tell you is a little thing? Tell me where the word of God said that it is a little thing, that your dress is a little thing, that what you eat is a little thing. Where is it in the word of God that returning your tithe is a little thing? Where is it in the word of God that the issue of preparing for the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath the way the Lord said so is a little thing? Where is it in the word of God that what you set before your eyes, what you are watching on the TV is a little thing. It is you. You are the one who is tagging it as a little thing. God never tagged it as a little thing. If Noah had the same mindset you had, he would have reduced the dimension of the ark and increased it wherever he liked and put the window wherever he liked and put the door wherever he liked. But then, when you do that, you will not enter safe into that ark. If we must enter into safety, my brothers and sisters, get this very clearly. You must stop at this attitude of picking and choosing what part of the word of God you want to obey and making one part to be little and one other part to be great. You must stop at that. You must learn that he that is faithful in that which is least 
will be faithful in much. As I speak to you, I want you to understand what the Lord is telling you. There is no room for you in the kingdom of God if you continue in this attitude. There are some who will say, it doesn't matter whether I cover my hair in church or not. They will dissect the word of God here and there and make it look like, oh, it is something of a cultural thing or, or whatever. Making the word of God to lose its effect by throwing it into the into the basket of culture and others will say oh it was when 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 solomon was writing he was not inspired some part of the bible is inspired and other parts are not inspired noah could have said oh when god was giving me the, the dimensions of the ark is not inspired is not inspired in that and i'll choose to do whatever i want to do brothers and sisters repent of this attitude of selecting what part of the word of god you think is little and what part you think is great for that part which you say is little yes maybe it is little but jesus said if you are not faithful in that which is little you will certainly not be faithful in that which is much start doing those little things for that is the test as to whether you can do the greater things so that is how to be safe in the ark another thing is that noah's preaching and the response of the people is something we should take note of. Noah and his family were just eight. The world at that time, they were very much. We don't know how much, but they were much. And Noah and his family, just eight of them, of the whole world, entered into that ark. The lesson for us there is that we should not follow the majority. Majority is not always right. Signs of the Times, April 1, 1886, paragraph 5, it says, Numbers were not on the side of right. The world was arrayed against God's justice and his laws, and Noah was regarded as a fanatic. Satan, when tempting Eve to disobey God, said to her, Ye shall not surely die. Great men, worldly, honored, and wise men, repeated the same story, Ye shall not surely die. The threatenings of God, they said, are for the purpose of intimidating and will never be verified. You need not be alarmed. Such an event as the destruction of the world by the God who made it and the punishment of the beings he has created will never take place. Be at peace. Fear not. Noah is crazy. He is the wildest fanatic. So the people did not humble their hearts before God but continued their disobedience and wickedness, the same as though God had not spoken to them through his servant. Hmm. Why did they think that Noah was the wildest fanatic? It is for the same reason that we have been speaking now. His faithful obedience to God's word, following it to the letter, was a cause of annoyance to the ungodly. They hated his manner of being so particular in obeying all of God's word. They also loved to remain in their sins, and therefore they chose not to listen. You see, the work Noah did in preaching to these people, we also have a similar work to do, like that of Noah. We have a message to give to the world in order for all to be warned, and also to prepare for eternity. Our message is similar to that of Noah. So what is the message that we are to preach that will bring about the reflection of the character of Jesus that will prepare to the people to enter the ark? What is, the, what is it that can work this out in us? Reading from Review and Herald, December 13, 1892, paragraph 9, it says, Let Jesus be our theme. 
let us by pen and voice present not only the commandments of God but the faith of Jesus. This will promote real heart piety as nothing else can. While we present the fact to men that they are subjects of a divine moral government, their reason will declare to them that this is truth, that they owe allegiance to Jehovah and that this life is our time of probation. Indeed, we must present the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus to the people that they may understand that this is the requirement of God that they owe allegiance to him and this life is our time of probation. Some people think that after dying there will be some other hope for them. No, this whole life is the only chance you have. You miss this one, you miss out. If you cannot make it right with God now, then it's over for us. Why is it that the people in Noah's day couldn't listen? It is because probation had ended for them. God had said that he was, he was giving them 120 years. That time had elapsed. So much so that when they saw such a magnificent, astonishing and wonderful sign as all the animals, both wild and humble and meek animals, all of them, come from all the parts of the world, from the mountains and hills, from the huge forest, they all came into the ark and birds in the air covered the air and in one order entered quietly into the ark. They saw all this. That is enough to awaken anybody who was thinking that what Noah was saying was wrong. They had seen him building this ark for 120 years. Now it was complete. He had been telling them that the flood is coming. They had been hearing but thinking that he was joking, thinking that he will, it will never come to pass, that he was stupid. And now they saw these birds. They saw the animals enter the ark. Surely they're supposed to have been awoken, but they were not. Why? Probation had ended. The Lord had said, My spirit shall not, shall not always strive with man, for his days shall be 120 years. And when that time elapsed, God's spirit stopped, stopped striving with them and they were not able to respond to anything they were seeing. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is a solemn truth. Do not think that you can repent whenever you want to. Repentance is not in your hands. If the Holy Spirit is not touching your heart, you have no power to repent. It is only by God's grace that we can repent. Jesus said, No man cometh unto me except the Father draws him. It is through the Holy Spirit that the Lord draws us. But if the Lord withdraws his Spirit from us, nothing that anybody says, nothing that anybody does, nothing that we see with our eyes or hear with our ears or feel in our bodies will move us to make a change in our life. Now that you still have the time to respond is the time that you need to give yourself over to God. You don't know when your probation will end. Do you know when the Lord will withdraw his spirit from you? Do you know when you will die? You don't know. Therefore, now is the day of salvation. As it was with the antediluvians, so shall it be with us. The Lord will strive with you, but only for some time. A time will come when his spirit will be withdrawn. You will see so many signs around you, but you will not be able to respond to it. You will hear many messages, but you cannot feel like changing because you have done despite to the spirit of God and it has been taken away. Saul had that happen to him. The Spirit of God was taken away from him and he could not repent anymore. My brothers and sisters, do not think 
that the same thing cannot happen for you. There are people living on this earth now who the spirit of the Lord has been withdrawn from them. Like King Saul, they still live, but they are dead. They are just going about living the remaining parts of their life, but no message can awaken them. No preaching can stir their hearts. No sign they see can make them to change. Why? Because they heard the message so many times and rejected it. Have you heard the message so many times and you've been rejecting? Is the Spirit of the Lord touching your heart right now? Perhaps now is the time to respond, brother. Perhaps now is the time to respond, my sister. You never know whether this may be the last time and the Spirit of God may be taken away from you. I do not pray for that to be the case, not at all. I pray for God to give us more time. I know how difficult it is to respond. And I pray that the Lord will give us more time in which to perfect our character so that we can respond to His message. But just because I'm praying for it doesn't mean it may happen. Therefore, it is better for us to strive with ourselves now, to deny ourselves and respond to the call that the Lord is making for us. For the antediluvians, mercy had ceased its pleadings for the guilty race, and all that they saw could not move them. So, when Christ shall cease his intercession for guilty men, before his coming in the clouds of heaven, the door of mercy will be shut. Then divine grace will no longer restrain the wicked and Satan will have full control of those who have rejected mercy. They will endeavor to destroy God's people, but as Noah was shot into the ark, so the righteous will be shielded by divine power. End of quote. That is Conflict and Courage, page 39, paragraph 4. Brothers and sisters, this is another message the Lord is giving us today. The probation will end soon, and it is important that we respond. So we have seen that the message we are supposed to be given now is the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus to prepare people to enter safe into the ark. But we must also know how this is done. And let us see how Noah did it. And when we see that, we will know how we should do it. Reading from um, the four letters and manuscripts, manuscript 17, 18, 85, paragraph 6, it says, It was Noah's consistent faith and works combined that condemned the world. He not only preached the present truth appropriate for that time, but he acted every sermon. So this is how we are to do it. We are to both preach and act the sermon. That is, practice what you preach. Continuing the reading, it says, Had he never lifted his voice in warning, his works, his holy character among the corrupt and ungodly would have been condemning sermons to the unbelieving and dissolute of that age. He bore himself with a Christ-like patience, and so must we. And meekness, so he walked with meekness and patience, so we also must walk in meekness and patience. So he bore himself with a Christ-like patience and meekness under the provoking insults, taunts, and mockery. His voice was often heard in prayer to God, for his power and help, that he might do all the commandments of God. This was a condemning power to the unbelieving. So we see that Noah was living and preaching the commandments of God. This is what we also are to preach and that's what we are to live. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Revelation 14 verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. From what we read now, we also see that Noah was a man of prayer. And what was he praying for? 
Was he praying for his business to grow and just to enjoy himself on this world? No. If he ever was praying for his business just so that he can use the money to preach more messages and to build the ark, Noah's prayer was for him to have power to do the commandments of God. So also we, if we must enter safe into that ark, we must be people of prayer, praying to keep the commandments of God. But the time comes when the last appeal of Noah is made to the guilty race. Continuing the reading, it says, He bids them yet once again heed the message of warning and find refuge in the ark. He stretches out his hands in supplication with voice full of sympathy, with quivering lip and tearful eye. He tells them his work is done. But the loud chorus mocking and scoffs and insults were more determined and heaped upon Noah. Enthusiasts, fanatic, crazy falls upon his ear. He bids them all farewell. He and his family enter the ark and God shuts the door. That door that shut Noah in shut out the world. It was a short door in Noah's time and the Lord shut him in. Up to that time, God had opened a door whereby the inhabitants of the old world might find refuge if they believed the message sent to them from God. But that door was now shut and no man could open it. Probation was ended. The long forbearance of God had ceased. The figures in the book of God's reckoning had been accumulating. The cup of the unjust was full. Mercy then ceased and justice took the sword of vengeance. The door shut, hope for the world dead, the last warning rejected. The golden opportunity passed, forever passed. The last appeal has been made by the man of righteousness, the forbearance of God exhausted, and how terrible now his wrath. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I hope this story will sober us up before Noah entered into that ark, all those who were helping him to build had already gone. Methuselah, his grandfather, had died. He whose name meant, after his death, judgment. And after Methuselah had died, it was clear that the judgment time had come. Noah entered the ark. My brothers and sisters, let us enter the ark in obedience to the commandments of God living and preaching it by faith, trusting in our Lord Jesus to give us power to do all the Lord commanded. If Noah did not do all that the Lord commanded, he will not be safe in the ark. And so with us, if we do not do all the Lord commands, we cannot have any safety. The Lord is stretching out his hands to us today. Whatever our struggles are in doing what the Lord commands, God doesn't expect us to do it in our strength. Noah prayed to keep the commandments of God, so we also must pray in order to receive strength to do the same. The Lord will give every blessing necessary to all those who want to do this. He doesn't delight in the death of anyone, rather he delights in saving. He wants us to turn from our iniquity. If we would listen, the Lord will give us a blessing. May that be our experience. Amen. Let us pray. Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you for giving us such solemn warning today. 
for us to be safe and enter into the city we have heard from your word that we must do your commandments forgive us for being partial in your law forgive us lord for thinking that it doesn't matter whether we do all of it forgive us for neglecting little things lord i pray for all who are listening that they will not scoff and mock this message but that they will take it seriously and start to be obedient to the little things that as they are faithful in it that we all will be growing to be faithful in much also lord please give us time we pray we know that our probation may end soon please lord help us help us lord that in the short time we have left we shall use it to change our ways and prepare for the coming of our lord jesus to reform our characters that it may be conformed to your world to your will and to your ways do this for us o lord and take the glory in jesus name i've prayed amen Thank you.